0: Change this train not taking passengers. Hey everyone. <coughs> um. Well, uh, I don't know how to start these things. Um. Yeah. Firstly, I just want to say sorry for the lack of updates. Um. The last month, I've actually got. <coughs> God, I don't even have water in my fridge. Uh, the last month, I have managed to <coughs> Hang on. <clears throat> oh, that's better. I actually just went and got a Gatorade from the fridge because there's no water left. I, I even said it to myself, I should go buy like stocks, supplies to this place, but I didn't. I've been hanging from Gatorade because I went drinking last night. <laughs> it's actually funny saying it like that. I went drinking. Like I went out with the intent to drink. I went out with the intent to catch up with a friend of mine, but the only only overarching theme for the night was booze. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty stupid. What compels a person to drink outside of, say, depression, you know, elevation, serotonin, blah, 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 blah. But the idea of let's just get drunk to die. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, it's expensive too. Anyway, fuck, what am I talking about? No, the last month, um, yeah, I've actually done a, I'd done a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'm waiting for that to be cleared, because it was of a sensitive topic, sensitive nature, and there are um, anonymity issues that need to be considered. Um, I've also got one that I'd done with Jimmy Drama uh, the week before I left for the Philippines, and that's been on the shelf. I haven't had time to finish editing that. That that one's going to be a mess because we literally, <laughs> we staked out the Coburg Motel. Like two beat cops, like playing detective. It was actually stupid. It was funny, but um, no, it was good. It was a nice catch up. It's fun. Um, But yeah, I still need to edit that and I haven't had the time to do it. I've just been flat out with work as standard. Had a bunch of personal shit pop up, which I had to sort out. So, um, yeah, apologies in advance. I know that it sucks. Uh, not that we're producing quality content, but more the fact that when you know, for a product to stay sort of relevant, you need consistency. And that's something that I haven't actually done in the last month to two months, probably even more. Granted, there's a lot going on. But um you know, and it bothers me too, because I keep saying to myself, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And honestly, the only reason I'm doing this one is because I was in the area. I was at the studio. Um, well, I'm at the studio and I said to myself, I need to record something. I, I was saying it all week. I said, I need to record something. I need to record something. And I haven't. And then I sort of said, I should stock up the fridge because it's empty. And then I s- thought to myself, you know what? Like, I've I'll, f- I'll go and record something from there because, you know, I'm paying for this damn thing. <laughs> and yeah, it's nice. Yeah, this studio is probably twice to three times the size of my working space at home. So it's nice just coming to utilize all this crap. Which reminds me I need to pay for the insurance. Fucking hell. I'm so poor. I know fuel went down, but that that doesn't cut it. Everything else is so fucking expensive. I'm so over it. (laughs) I'm over it. I remember I was watching some random YouTube Instagram comic snippets the last week, and someone said something about... Coming with a comedian, I should have saved that just to give him relevance. Not relevance, props. Like, you know, Me mentioning their names isn't going to give him relevance. Jesus. Um, yeah, and he was talking about how when he was a kid, he'd see homeless people on the street and he'd ask his parents, you know, why are they are homeless? Like, why are they on the street? And his dad's automatic answer would be, oh, you know, they're lazy, they don't want to work, blah, blah, blah. Then as an adult, he's come to realise that it's far more than that. He could easily see how someone could become homeless. And I was thinking about it, you know, I work seven days a week and on paper I earn like pretty good money now. Like I was, I was talking about it, you know, I my actually talking about it with my parents. Um, on paper I earn pretty good money, like what would be considered decent, but with the cost of living and, you know, just everything in general, it's really nothing, like it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And I don't have a mouth I don't have another mouth to feed, I don't have a family to feed, you know? It's incredible how even a good wage on paper is not enough to keep above the the poverty line, you know? And then yeah, it's been suggested that, you know, I'm living beyond my means. It's like, well then what are my luxuries, my you know, gratuitous luxuries that I have? And you know, you could cherry pick the studio, you could cherry pick the bike, you know, whatever, where I choose to live, all that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, are they really luxuries? I mean what else do I have? What am I meant to have? You know, am I meant to just basically be a drone and work 9 to 5, 9 to 10 every day and have nothing to like play with? Like is that enough? And then I got into this conversation with a friend of mine. I've actually had this conversation a bunch of times, especially with and, and more with myself than anyone else over the last week or two about motivation and you know um what it takes to be motivated, you know? What's the drive for motivation? So what motivates motivation? And I got in my own head about it, and I was thinking about it on the way over here, because I, was, I wanted to bring it up, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you're overthinking it. I'm like, am I? But isn't overthinking a good thing? Because if we didn't overthink it, then we'd probably be out in caves just looking for shelter, because no one ever thought to themselves, hey, I'd like some French doors, and central air conditioning. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> Fuck, that's so dumb. <laughs> um, well, that's why. Like, it's such a, a complex conversation to have and think about. You know, where does motivation and drive come from? Is there such a thing as being too motivated? You know what? What limits? should motivation have or drive you know when is when can you be content as opposed to you know when are you happy What what will make you happy is it a bad thing to be content with the bare minimum and such and such i know it's very deep (laughs) Um, i don't know it could be the hangover (laughs) the lack of food the lack of sleep I was actually in my car when I was driving down here. I, was, I messaged my mate last from last night. I said, mate, I'm really fucking nauseous. <laughs> I'm like really nauseous. And Wait, what did well, they messaged back? They, <laughs> they messaged, hang on. I did a tactical spew before I went to sleep. Works a charm. <laughs> I remember those days. The tactical vomit. Anyway. Now, do I even open that up? Sitting here by myself. About Motivation. I think I'll save it for a guest. I had a few people that I was going to talk to about it because it was something that would come up often, but even just as an overarching thought, you know, is this something people think about? I, I have never liked laziness, but at the same time, really innocuous, simple things bore the shit out of me and I'm too lazy to dorm, whereas I know that I'll go and do something completely complex and convoluted and people are like, how can you be fucked? And I'm like, what's the big deal? But is overthinking a bad thing? You know, I think underthinking is a bad thing. I think it's a terrible thing not to have an independent thought in your head. And then like you look at the whole, you know, being content as opposed to being happy and then being motivated for more. Like when is more, when is enough enough? And then you can start talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all that sort of crap. But, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is going to differ for everyone. I mean, you look at the people that split the atom. They weren't looking... They could take care of their base shit immediately. And they were looking beyond. I know there's a whole lot of things that have triggered this spiral of, like, bullshit thought. Monkeypox is one of them. <laughs> Fuck me. Monkeypox is spreading. And people are freaking out and looking for vaccines. But... It's the same scientists that are giving vaccines for monkeypox that have been giving vaccines for COVID, and for two years we've had people pushing back on these vaccines and saying they're fucking this and they're microchipping us and blah blah blah. Now monkeypox is man-made, and you know, or you know, <laughs> it's a serious pandemic and people because it's what they people look like. You know, you can see it. The funny thing is, is like monkeypox is an endemic, you know, endemic thing like in in Africa. It was Nigeria. I think it was Central and Eastern Africa. I was reading it. Um, I mean, it's always there. It's a constant. But now that it's hit mainland, now it's a threat. You know, one worthy of vaccines. The sweet, sweet irony. But yeah, the, the doctors, the scientists creating vaccines for monkeypox and all that shit, were they told they were. Overachieving, or overly ambitious, or wanting too much because they studied, got you know university degrees, and did their theses and doctorates and all that sort of shit. Whatever it is, you know, in order to get qualified to work in these labs, were they wanting too much? You know, did someone <laughs> someone try and pull them in, like you know, don't go to the uni? <laughs> you know, work with me as a tyler like no who's anyone to harness or cap your ambition i have a big problem with that too having ambition capped like you know the sky isn't the limit what your parents did that's the limit what your you know sister and siblings and stuff did that's the limit that really bothers me i don't know actually a lot of factors at play that have like sprung this most convoluted thought process right now and yeah i don't actually i think this is kind of therapeutic for me right now i know i'm not making any sense i did have a few things i want to ramble about specifically and i sort of went off in different forms over the week but i want to get down on paper just so i'd remember it and i can get angry about it over and over again you <laughs> i had a bunch of stuff written down okay so we got let's see The rainbow flare, fuck me. So the manly, um, the NRL team, manly, they bought out that Pride Week or Pride Month or whatever it is jersey, and it's their jersey with, you know, some rainbow flare stripes on it. And you know, a bunch of um, yeah, Polynesian players all came out and said it's against their religion to wear this this thing because it's promoting advocating for you know. Homosexual equality, equality for homosexuals. So it's against their religion. So they had to step down and they were asked to step down. <laughs> well, they stepped down voluntarily and it went up in uproar. The irony of it is, is the fact that the same players benefit and get paid a wage based on sponsorship built around gambling and booze in some effects. That's fine. Gambling is a direct sin. According to the Bible, whichever really, whichever main Bible, because it advocates for greed. But that's cool, <laughs> and they've been playing for years outside of the toxic, toxic culture that the NRL has, that is well documented. Like this week, like you know, another woman's come out, you know, some sort of affair slash violence slash drugs scandal. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, the NRL players are happy to play. Wearing a jersey with a gambling sponsorship thing on it, you know, or just collecting a paycheck in a stadium with banners, and I said that about you know the AFL. They, you know, during the halftime show, they have these billboards everywhere. They say, you know, gamble responsibly, blah 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 blah. You know, all that sort of shit, and then along the bottom of the the field, they've got the banners that are all advertising gambling agencies. I mean. Hyp- hypocrisy within religious nuts is never lost on me. But it's funny how the religious nut will always find something to lean in on as their bullshit justification. Or they'll cherry pick something and expect you to turn a blind eye to everything else just to validate whatever it is that they're trying to validate at that point. Fuck those players, man. We're talking about equality. The people, you know, no one asked them to get down on all fours. Oh, and that was the other thing: <laughs> getting down on all fours. They weren't asked to get down on all fours. It's part of the game. <laughs> I actually tweeted this. That's the thing. Half the time, I avoid doing podcasts on my own because I just tweet my random nonsense, follow up with a post on Instagram, expanding on it, and then that's it. I just leave it. And um, that sort of yeah, that that takes away some of the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and the steam and the momentum, so I'm not, I'm not uh, compelled to do an actual recording. I think it's also because I do a post like that, and I get an imme- I usually get an immediate response from people, so I can see where people actually sit on it. Yeah, left, right, whatever, and I don't care. Discussion's always healthy. Like that's the whole point. But I think like with the audio stuff. I never know who's actually listening. Like, today I actually had a message from a mate who said um, he he wanted to let me know that he agreed with what I'd said regarding Kyrgios and Tomich. I went, really? <laughs> Not because he agreed, but more because he actually listened to it. He <laughs> like, still listens? That's cool. I don't listen to me half the time. I listen... You know what? That's a, actually, that's a lie. I listen, to a lot, I listen to podcasts that we do, but I don't listen to my solo ones. And listening to me talk is my least favorite thing. I happen to have, like, yeah, some pretty entertaining friends, mostly because they're cooked. <laughs> I don't care. They're going to hear this. It's fine. They know how I feel. Anyway, we're well, going back to all fours. Um, that's the, the other thing. For all their homophobic, like, feels... <laughs> They're playing a game that literally has the word scrum in it. <laughs> These dudes literally get up in each other's business, sweaty as fuck, pawing at each other in like manic tussles. The game is literally about going balls deep into someone, tackling him to the ground, like face to groin contact. <laughs> the amount of times you see fingers going in into- a... You know, orifices, people getting dacked. Like, I'm sorry, but if you saw like, you know, 10 grown men of peace, like face to ass, hunched over in the mud, rolling around. If you remove the ball, what does it look like they're doing? I, that wasn't lost on me. I, I had a good fucking laugh on my own about that, like a lunatic. And I remember that one of the, uh, the NRL's openly gay players, he came out and said, you know, t- some of the most, amb- like, um, what's it called? When you, um uh Innuendo. Some of the sexual innuendo and the comments in the locker rooms and shit is more gay than anything this guy does on his weekends. And even that, like, made me laugh too. Like, yeah, I was in bands. I worked with dudes, you know, in team environments, out on job sites and in warehouses and, you know, played sport. There's always sexual innuendo, man. Like, not even homophobic sexual innuendo. Just, like, camaraderie sort of shit. And you're going to tell me these guys that, Spend their weekends rolling around in the mud with <laughs> their faces in other people's crotches and then showering in group, group, <laughs> having post match group shower sessions. They can't wear a, a rainbow color on a jersey because it goes against their religious beliefs, all the while getting paid by sponsorship deals from betting agencies and booze. Yeah. Do your research, man. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. A mate of mine said to me her her dad's Turkish army uniform had more zing. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Now, just thinking about the group showers, man, that's definitely zesty as fuck. Seriously, some of these dudes just plucked, primed, and posed. And that's the thing. It's got nothing to do with homophobia. I'm I'm for it. (laughs) But it's just like, get real. Get absolutely fucking real. If you were that hard line with your religion, you wouldn't be playing in the NRL. definitely wouldn't be playing for something that has corporate sponsorship from like gambling agencies and booze and all other sordid sort of shit. You'd be a little prime on the little farm on the it up. <laughs> How do you leave your house? Aside from the scandals, anyway. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to lose it about? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favourite. Neighbours. <sighs> finally. At long last, Neighbours has ground to a halt. It's had its wings clipped. <laughs> the greatest show of all time in the history of TV has finally been stopped. <sighs> There's a problem. <laughs> I tweeted this one. I said, it's been finally put to bed and any other vessel that bled money and unseasoned barbecue meats for that long would have been shelved years ago. But thank God we gave job security to so many individuals that have barely cut it outside of Ramsey Street. And I mean that with all good intent. I <laughs> had a mate of mine comment. On that, and he said, "Um, <laughs> on Ryan Maloney, because I brought him up specifically, and he said, Tati reminds me of the one mate that stayed working at McDonald's for too long whilst all his other mates moved on and got adult jobs, and now he's playing catch-up. This is my problem. <laughs> Outside of the fact that Neighbours has been a vessel for white actors for the last 30 fucking years, and only bringing in the odd wog to like shake up a marriage... You know, rob a bank, murder someone, have an affair. Like, this is standard. They bring in the ethnic character every now and then. That was the funny part. Like, uh, Alex, uh, you know, mate Alex, who's been on this podcast before, you know, he was brought in as a Jewish, like, therapist. He was a Jewish dude playing, like, he uh, was playing a, ther- a Jewish therapist, a marriage therapist, who, like, got in between a wife and a husband. He <laughs> was actually on, once before that, he had a 50 worder still remember it. I'm so proud. Anyway, this is the problem. That show was fucking garbage. Now, I can't speak for, you know, 1981 to 1987 or whatever the fuck it started, because I was only a little boy, and I was watching, you know, Stati Psalty fucking tapes (laughs) and Bruce Lee movies, but um, I will speak of it from when I can actually remember, which is post-Charlene era. I don't actually remember Kylie on Neighbours. She would have been just... Dropping off the Kylie, uh, the neighbours route, just as I was sort of coming of age enough to watch TV freely. Um, <laughs> this is my problem. Now, the show in itself is racist garbage. Okay. Since the beginning of time, it's been nothing but white fucking families that don't represent Melbourne. Melbourne is one of the most diverse cities on the fucking planet, and every family was whiter than white bread. Fine. This is what we're appealing to. We only put white people on TV unless they're Arabs or Russians that are taking over the world. That's fine. It was the 90s. (laughs) Anyway. (sighs) Any other program that went that long, bleeding money, would have been shelved a long time ago. A long time ago. They kept it going in the idea that it was going to turn around until the networks, like, you know, they were funding the fucking thing. In the UK especially where it's more prominent, they turned around and said, we're losing too much fucking money. The ads aren't working out the way they used to. This has to be shelved. Massive backlash. Save neighbors. We have to save neighbors. The fucking thing has been bled dry. How many times can you go back to the well? How many times can you bust up a fucking marriage How many times can the same woman have an affair? How many times can you know the same pub burn down? How many times can someone die and come back? I swear to God, I watch Neighbours for four minutes every three years, and every three years it's the same fucking scenario. Dee Bliss or whatever the fuck it was—that a name was that Madeline West character? I don't know. I can't remember. She's come back from the dead. It's a psycho twin. It's an imposter. And it's all revolved around Toadie, the most unappealing fucking person on the planet. Somehow gets laid like he bangs the hottest women in Melbourne. <laughs> day in, day out. Now, I've got to set a few things like for the record here. Madeline West. I've actually worked with Madeline West. We did a uh, TV pilot together like fucking 10 years ago. I can't remember when it was. long time ago. Right, we did a TV pilot together. We were, I was behind the production company that did it, and then she was on a short film that we cast. We cast her in a short film that we did. Lovely woman, right? Lovely woman. Ryan Maloney, who plays uh, Toadie, <laughs> Jared Rebecca, right? I've never met the man. I uh, know people that have worked with him professionally, you yeah, know him, go to the same uh, pool halls and strip joints. <laughs> um, he's a lovely dude, right? Grounded, whatever. This is my fucking problem. He's had job security for nearly 30 years playing the same fucking character. Okay, sweet money move on him. He's probably made a a bit of coin. Yeah, that's a guaranteed paycheck with holidays, superannuation, blah, 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 and all the perks that you would get from being, you know, uh, a soapy actor in Melbourne. Um, But (laughs) this is the thing. Two things. One, his dummy spit regarding the Logies. Now, the Logies are an absolutely useless award show. We know this. Australian TV has almost zero relevance in the fucking free world. And every year they just prop up Burton Newton. <laughs> every year there's a new award. You know, the Burton Newton category, again, um, they give the same awards out to the same fucking people. Every year, throw in a bit of diversity whenever they feel like it. And that's that. Now... They did like an in-memoriam sort of thing for neighbours at the Logies this year because they knew it was going to end and Ryan Maloney had a dummy spit that they shelved him into the back of the room, basically split up the cast, had them on random tables in the back in the nosebleeds and the waiters weren't (laughs) bringing them bread rolls (laughs) or refilling their water (laughs) and then the tribute that they showed that they aired at the Logies was too short and didn't include any of the mainstay cast. Like it had they showed, you know, clips of people who've gone on, like um Margot Robbie and stuff, you know. She was only on the show for like a year or two, whatever it was, but they she was featured prominently. And it's like it's ridiculous, blah blah blah. The people that have been there the longest weren't even featured in them in the reel. And it's like, well, hang on, <laughs> Maloney. Let me tell you something. Once this show's done, no one is gonna know who the fuck you are. Okay? I'd love to see him play out of type. You know what I mean? Oh, that was the other brilliant line. (laughs) Oh, one of my mates. Who was it? I remember reading about it. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, Hang on. Oh, yeah, mate of mine, Natalie. It's like, can't wait for Toadie to star in the next Tarantino film now that he's not committed to Ramsey Street. (laughs) And that was my point. That was my point. 27 years is fucking done this shit. And I remember reading an article like popping up and said, oh, here's a career change for, you know, Toadie. He's now talking about being a truck driver or something like that, like a truckie, like he's getting his HR license because he seems to think it's going to be fun and blah, blah, blah and interesting. But in the article, they were like, oh, he went from playing a high-flying lawyer to he's going to be this. It's like he played a high-flying lawyer. He played a fucking solicitor. He's not a solicitor. He's a D-grade, soapy fucking actor on TV that played the same character for nearly three decades. It's not a career change. It's a career. (laughs) And this is the point. Like, I've got no personal graft with, like, Rymel. I don't know the man. I don't care. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I'd love for him to come down here and have a chat and tell me about what I don't know about, you know, neighbors. But what annoys me is that his little outburst about not having a bigger spot in the Logies fucking thing, it's like, hang on, you're part of a shit fucking soap that just drained the well and dragged itself over the line every year. And we just kept setting the line further and further back. This show sucked up resources, and you know what? It springboarded a lot of careers. I'll give it that, right? There are actors that started on it and then went off and did bigger things, but those actors are doing bigger things, bigger things. They have a fucking CV, yeah? (laughs) It doesn't revolve around fucking neighbors. No one cares. We all got to start somewhere, and you know what? I probably will never leave this little shitty studio in the Southeast that I built. With half this equipment that's worth nothing that I fucking have had for over 20 years, I probably will never get bigger than this in a broadcasting sense doing this stuff. And if that's it, so be it. I still work. I'm still trying to do other things. I run two different other businesses. I have a full-time job doing something totally different. I am diversifying every fucking day. This clown and all the other idiots on that show played the same characters for 30 fucking years. And poorly. Poorly. The fucking storylines over the last five years, like I'd seen during ads when I'd be watching something on TV. I'd seen during ads and it'd be like, they went everywhere. They, they started with the first same-sex kiss, same-sex relationship. Then it became like, you know, they started injecting a bit of, you know, ethnicity into the fucking show that have like an Asian family and that have a fucking Indian family and they do this and that, it always comes back to the the same white fucking people and then they'd have the fucking insane age, you know, gaps between relationships and affairs, you know, here's a 50-year-old woman trying to bang a 20-year-old guy, fantastic. They did every extreme under the sun until basically everyone had fucked everyone else and there was nowhere else to go but ancestral bestiality. And they couldn't go that far without getting it cleared (laughs) by producers, so they canned it. That is not a legacy. Fuck that show. I know people that have been on that show, as lovely that experience may have been for them, as great as it may have projected their careers. It does not fucking matter. The show itself was garbage. I'm not going to romanticize the past. It was crap. I'm so fucking happy it's gone, and we don't have to hear that fucking theme song anymore. And that was my point. I brought this up with uh, Alex, the actor, you know, a thespian of all... (laughs) all trades i ran into him on the street randomly i was in the city last friday and i was walking down uh, swanson and i actually randomly popped into him he was with a friend or whatever and um yeah he's a very humble guy alex i'll be honest you know i've known alex since you know our late teens early 20s and i've watched him build his career you know i've i remember you know him coming to my house and i would be reading lines with him i cast him in a short film i did Back in 2009, it was like the first short film ever filmed. Like proper, with a proper budget and production. And we cast him in it. And I was no one. But he ad- auditioned like a champ and he got the role. And he just kept building and building and building. And then like, I was talking him up you know, to his friend the other day. And I'm like, you know, look at Alex. I go, 10 years. Let's take the last 10 years. This guy has gone from like reading lines at my house Recording voiceovers in my house with me directing before fucking people when I'm not a director, asking you know like humble fucking beginnings, doing short films and small and stories and sh- and like you know all that sort of shit. Okay, look at his CV even on Wikipedia, there must be two dozen roles in the last decade, three, you know more. I've seen him in theatre. He did like two set, sets of Underbelly as lead actors. He was the, the supporting. He was the brother of. Fat Tony in Fat Tony and Co. You know, Fat Tony's the main character. He played his brother. In the Chopper one, he played the lead detective on that was after Chopper, the lead cop interacting with him the entire time. You know, Gallipoli had a key role in that as a Turkish-like general or whatever it was, Turkish, I think it was a general, you know. And I know what kind of work he did in the background of that, getting ready for the role. He was in. He just did a stand exclusive series with Alex Dimitriades. You know that, that was that that came out a month or two ago. He's actually filming something right now. I saw something on his Insta. I haven't spoken to him in a week, but um, I saw him put some story up. He's on a set somewhere. He's got a CV of wealth. Ryan Maloney's going to become a truck driver because no one else will give him a fucking acting job. And that's my point. None of these other actors that got overlooked that Logies thing have done anything else other than fucking neighbours <laughs> seriously one trick fucking pony. a lot of them people have been saying why did Kylie not get a bigger role in the thing and apparently she had like four lines in the whole show but Guy Pierce had like substantial dialogue or something and it's like oh <laughs> they came out and said oh Kylie recorded her shit filmed her shit a lot earlier than anyone else and she didn't want to overshadow the f- finale. Number one, <laughs> Kylie didn't want to overshadow the finale. Okay. Kylie's Australia's biggest export. I think in that crowd of people that have been on Neighbours and gone on to do bigger things, you got Margot Robbie, who's like the heartthrob of fucking Hollywood. When I think of Kylie, I don't think of her acting chops. I think of Street Fighter, when she had an affair with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and then I think of Biodome, <laughs> where she starred opposite Stephen Baldwin. And- Baldwin and Pauly Shaw. <laughs> Come on, man. I love Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is a brilliant actor. And he's done some awesome fucking movies. He's been in Hollywood the last 20, 30 years. 20 years easy he's been in Hollywood. Pooling roles. <laughs> you know, what's his name? Russell Crowe was on Acropolis Now with George Kapaniaris and Nick Gianopoulos. He was on Acropolis Now, but he doesn't hang his laurels on that. He was gladiator, won a fucking Oscar. (laughs) I can't. These deluded fucks. They're the cunts that stand in the supermarket and expect you to get out of their way. So they can buy their Lean Cuisine dinners. Fuck me. I cannot stand that shit. And it's got nothing. It's not a personal attack on Toadie Rebecca. right? Again, bring him down here. I'll have a chat with him. I don't care if he has the time (laughs) now that he's going to be an HR driver working shift work. These poor pricks probably don't have to get a job. I mean, working that long, you'd have some pretty pretty good salary, why would you stay in it? And I get working in a shit job you don't like because you're afraid to get something else, but for fuck's sakes the one thing we know, the one thing we can guarantee is the fact that Australian media recycles their celebrities until they literally die. I'm surprised that didn't have Burton Newton hosting the fucking Logies this year Fucking surprised But anyway (laughs) <laughs> I don't know where that came from um, oh, What was the last thing I don't know Do I want to Do I want to keep going How long have we been doing 40 minutes Fuck me I don't know The other thing that I've been watching a lot Is um, Cop impersonators On um, YouTube They get busted Pretending to be cops And these freaks They buy cars That they do up With stickers Jeremy DeWitt is the the main one that you see, and he's just entertaining. He's clearly imbalanced; like he's got a problem. But then there's more, you know, low, more low key dudes. They get a couple. They get a siren. They get some flashing lights. They install a scanner. You know, they got a fake badge. But I don't understand these fucking imposters. Must have such identity crises, man. Like. What would possess you to dress up as a cop and write people fake tickets or pull people over like you're an authority? And how do these people survive? Man, if my partner was doing that shit, I would look at them and say, what the fuck? How did people not pull them up? If I had a mate that I knew was actively out on the road pretending to be a cop when he wasn't, I would literally distance myself or tell him, what the fuck are you doing? It's such a serious crime. Then they act like they've done nothing wrong. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? That and people having meltdowns, you know, all the Karen videos and stuff, getting arrested, pulled over for something innocuous, then talking themselves into even more shit, and then, like, fighting back on it. You You can see why people say cops have got a high strung. It's because they've got to deal with idiots like this, wasting their fucking time, wasting taxpayer time. Yeah, it's like, why don't you go get the real criminals out there? We would, but people like you are fucking about and wasting our fucking time. You watch someone get pulled over and it's like no light, no, no registration, no plates, no driver's license, driving under the influence and a warrant out for, you know, their arrest for other shit. What have I done wrong? I've done nothing wrong. You can't arrest me. Yeah, well, we can't. How dare you touch me? You're being racist or, you know, you're being sexist or you're being aggressive. It's like, dude, you're coming to jail. You literally are driving with no license, no registration, no insurance, no nothing. And it becomes a brawl. It's like, how did it even escalate to that? I'm all for pushing back on shit, but Jesus Christ. <sighs> I I'm actually really hungover. <laughs> I didn't think I would be this bad, but I didn't even get drunk. It's just because I kept drinking sugary... For some reason I was mixing up drinks and there was too much sugary shit in the drinks. And um yeah, I actually feel nauseous. I had a falafel kebab <laughs> on the way home, I was walking through the city and I had a falafel, I stopped to buy falafel kebab, watched a punch on start, and just walked away <laughs> into the into the sunset with the kebab. <laughs> it was actually really cool. We went to this bar and I was packed. Packed. There was all these people milling around, like the front desk, you know, trying to get a table. And like, I wasn't dressed nice or anything. I was wearing like jeans and runners. Like, I looked like shit. And my mate said, "All right, it's time to pull the move." <laughs> I'm like, what move? She says, We're getting a table. I'm like, "Okay, how?" She says, I'm doing the move. <laughs> Pulled out reading glasses. Put on the reading glasses. Instantly, instant credibility. We got a table. like instantly and I'm like what the fuck was that it's like the girl at the desk had two tables left in the fucking bar she doesn't just give these to anyone (laughs) and I'll be honest it's actually true there were people there standing in line waiting waiting and like talking about getting a table at some point literally sidled up put on the reading glasses we got in (laughs) Anyway, um, I think that I'll wrap it up. I actually have to get out of here. Um, there's so much work to do, as always. Nothing. Look, I know Like it sounds not dubious, but it it, it doesn't always... Um, okay, people that don't actually know me... I'm going to sit up. I've been fucking sitting back like a moron this entire time. People that don't actually know me might think that I'm just over overreacting or, you know, whatever. But the, it, it is actually true. I do work a lot. The last two weeks has been especially kind of hard, dealing with some personal shit. I actually went and got, um. this isn't what I've been dealing with, this is one thing that just happened to come across my desk. I got 10 in my right elbow and I went and got a cortisone shot. And for anyone that's ever had cortisone pumped into their elbow, it's not the funnest thing and it gets worse before it gets better. But it's, it's actually, it's a bit stiff now, but it's genuinely better. But what I did was when I was walking away from the doctors, I passed an EB Games and I hadn't been to an EB Games in, two, three years, like before COVID, well before COVID, you know, there was an EB back in the old hood that I used to go to every now and then. Not like I bought anything, but yeah, and I thought, you know what? I need to relax a bit. Like I can't keep doing this. So I bought a game I haven't played since 2013. And I just, I forced myself to take a time I'd get to 6.37, I'm still answering emails. I'm like, nah, no, fuck this. I'd eat something, maybe do a bit more work later. And then physically sit down and play a nothing bullshit video game for like an hour. Just to just to space out. I am honestly trying. I am trying very very hard to just relax a bit more, but then it comes back to overthinking. <laughs> I can't be left alone. Seriously, I get in my own head. Anyway, um, hopefully that last podcast I did will get cleared, um, and I can release it. Otherwise, I've got to do the. I've got to edit the one with uh, with Jimmy. And I hope he listens to this. I'm sure he will. Just hedging bets on it. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank him for actually doing that episode with me. It was a lot of fun. And I hope to do more. But it's just – I just haven't had time to edit it because it is a bit of a mind fuck. We ended up, <laughs> we ended up walking through, like, a chemist's warehouse. Then, like, went and got KFC, parked outside the front of the Cobing Motel, staked it out, like, you know, detectives for, like, an hour, then left and just did a cruise around um, – Carlton, Coburg, Preston, like all those sort of areas. And we actually saw a few funny things. It was actually pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So hopefully I'll get time to actually edit that. Um, but yeah, till then, um, yeah, I hope to get, if you've got any, yeah, if you've got any suggestions, anyone you think we should, um, chat to down here, flick them my way. You know, I'm always up for a story. I'm always up for a new personality in here um yeah keep liking sharing following subscribing it really does help i know you don't think it does or that you won't make a difference but when you've got no support then two people supporting you is the biggest thing ever and i appreciate everyone who listens to this shit everyone who takes the time to listen to my rambles um thanks to everyone that keeps buying us coffees you know every little bit helps um but yeah please like if you listen to this if you've gotten this far for this episode, that's 45 minutes. If you've gotten 45 minutes into this episode, then just tell someone that you wasted 45 minutes listening to this bullshit. <laughs> It'll be much appreciated. But, um, yeah, till then, um, smoke crack. <laughs> Hold up.